But first, when the Climate and Equitable Jobs Act, or CEJA, was signed into law, it made some big promises. Fostering an energy sector that reflects the population that it serves, with investments in workforce hubs and a path to prosperity for minority contractors and Illinoisans living in environmental justice communities. The bill was supposed to provide thousands of new jobs and training for a new green economy, but fast forward over a year later and few, if any, of those promises have been met. This has left many would-be clean energy entrepreneurs just waiting in the wings, wondering when they'll see the benefits of that law. Joining us now is Brett Chase, reporter for the Chicago Sun-Times, who co-published reporting on this issue with the outlet Inside Climate News. Good to have you back, Brett. Thank you. Thanks for having me back. Also with us is Inside Climate News reporter Dan Garino. Hey, Dan. And we're joined by Yami Newell, Associate Director of Community Projects for the nonprofit Elevate Energy that's based here in Chicago. Great to have you, Yami. Hi, thank you for having me. I'll start with you, Brett. Take us back to when CJA was passed. Like, What were its goals when it came to clean energy, job creation, and the training? Well, yeah, it was um, September of, of 2021. Um, it was signed on the lakefront with uh, great fanfare. And um, the, the, the name itself was, I mean, the, the, the name of the law was changed in the sort of 11th hour to reflect this, you know, this commitment to bringing along everybody, you know, into this new green economy. So it was called the Climate and Equitable Jobs Act when it was signed. And at the time, um, the Pritzker administration, all the backers, you know, of this law said, you know, this is the most equitable, clean energy and climate fighting law in the country. Mm -hmm. And Dan and I wrote that story and we said, you know, and this is, this is why this is what they're doing. And, and, and yeah, definitely unique. Um, very much committed to the equity, but here we are one year, three months later, and there isn't even a design for a, 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 you know, workforce program, let alone, you know, a job training program in place at this point. Wow. Well, Dan, uh, weigh in here in terms of the job training piece, who's actually responsible for creating those programs? Well, the state needs to provide guidance and framework. There's there's this kind of tremendous and to an extent um, pent up demand by different different nonprofits to be part of that. But the state kind of needs to lead the way. And um, we know from talking to a lot of different folks in the community that they're just waiting. You know, they're just waiting for when they can, you know, okay, we're ready. Uh, whenever, whenever you're ready. And, um, and, and it's kind of the state being slow to move. And, and Brett, I heard you say, uh, you know, a moment ago, we are nowhere near where we're supposed to be at this point when it comes to um, job creation, but approximately how many jobs and training programs have started? Well, there aren't any job training programs yet. I mean, but there, there, there's going to be 10 like broad programs that, you know, address, you know, whether it's, you know, um, the contractors, you know, and, 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 you know, pumping up these small businesses, you know, like the, the lead anecdote of our story is a contractor who just wants to go deeper into, you know, green remodeling, um, people that are looking for a career, um, you know, whether they, you know, 
you know, are, you know, employed now, um, you know, just looking for something, you know, completely new. I mean, the, the, it, it even goes, there's a, there's a whole program for like, you know, formerly incarcerated people, you know, to try to give them a new start on life with, uh, you know, job training. But, you know, again, we're just waiting to see um, these, you know, these programs, you know, pop up. I mean, there, there will be jobs, I mean, you know, because there will be uh, this conversion to, you know, sustainable energy yeah and 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 moving away from the fossil fuels but you know the whole idea here is that we're gonna you know we're, we're gonna include everybody it's gonna be a very inclusive law it's gonna we're gonna we're gonna train folks so it's not just you know the same union guys or you know whoever you know it's it's gonna be um a very equitable um you know uh economy so with, yeah. a, with a diverse workforce you know and Yami, let's bring you in here because part of the pitch of the clean energy bill is that it's going to improve equity in the clean energy industry, right? As Brent mentioned, being more inclusive. How do we see inequity in clean energy? Yeah, thank you. I would say that, that historically, a lot of communities have been left out of conversations with regards to their energy, clean energy or not. And so the goal is to bring more communities into the conversation and into participating in programs that are designed to decide their energy future. Mm-hmm. Which communities are being left out? I would say black and brown communities, um, communities with people who are dealing with lower incomes in their families, mm-hmm. um, communities with returning citizens, uh, environmental justice communities. Yeah. And, and from your perspective, just remind us why these job training programs were such an important part of this bill. Again, it's important because it represents inclusion and how we will provide access to inclusion in the programs or into this market, this green energy economy for folks who traditionally have just had to deal with whatever right? Whatever policy came through the pipeline, Mm -hmm. they didn't have a lot of say and they didn't get to participate. Well, part of uh, Elevate Energy's mission is is workforce development in clean energy, right? So how have these delays here impacted your work? Um, Well, at Elevate, we've been offering workforce development training programs into energy efficiency or into the green economy for quite some time already. Um, I would say that this will make our work more robust. Right? We will have the ability to offer our workforce and training programs to more folks yeah. as these programs come through. And so, you know, we're we're cautiously optimistic <laughs> that these programs are coming soon. This is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. If you're just joining us, we're talking with Brett Chase of the Chicago Sun-Times and Dan Garino of Inside Climate News. They reported on delays in clean energy jobs and training that was promised from the state's Clean Energy Act. We're also joined by Yami Newell from the nonprofit uh, Elevate Energy. So, Brett, you, you spoke to several entrepreneurs. They were counting on these training programs. Talk more about how these delays are impacting their actual businesses. Well, it's it's a matter of more, you know, expansion. You know, I mean, there are, um, you know, f- folks are working, but, you know, they want to, they want to, you know, I mean, like, um, you know, Lisa Benjamin, you know, is, is thinking, I mean, she might be able to, you know, double her, you know, her business, double her, her revenue. Um, so it's just, you know, there was a lot of excitement, you know, when this law was, 
was passed and and this was not an easy you know overnight process getting this you know this 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 law I, of course had lots of special interests i mean you had labor on one side you had the greens you had the you know the you know the the solar companies i mean you, you had a lot of factions and you know it it took it took many months you know to get where we are and you know as i said there was this this excitement about the equitable you know aspect of this and so you know you've you've got folks that are just you know a year plus waiting you know what's you know what's this going to mean for my business and how am i going to be able to to grow and how will i be able to bring you know more people uh employ more people so it's um you know it 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 should come at some point it's just that it it's seems to be taking you know a very long time and it's not entirely clear why we didn't you know get to the point we're at now you know maybe even earlier this year yeah well uh, we've uh, got some excerpts of a statement here from the department of commerce and economic opportunity or dceo uh, it reads in part cja is a long-term transformative plan that requires significant stakeholder engagement uh, they're developing curriculum with a university partner and holding listening sessions with stakeholders. Uh, they funded and launched the Coal to Solar program this summer and have two clean energy job programs that are up and running. That's the Solar Pipeline and the Craft Apprenticeship Programs. So that from the uh, Department of Commerce and Economic Opportunity. Dan, talk more about the response here from, from the government and, and how much of this is actually in the state's control. So the the aspects of this new law that we're able to start and kind of started quickly because this 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 is a a vast law that does a lot for a whole bunch of different uh, interest groups and one of the frustrations for um, for the people who really cared about a lot of these equity provisions is that they at they feel like. Um, they're kind of way far back in the line in terms of when their part of the bill actually gets implemented. But things like um, subsidies for nuclear power plants or some of the other things in the bill, um, other provisions of the bill get implemented much more quickly as if those entities that benefit are somehow are somehow a much higher priority. And your question about kind of how much control does yeah. the state have over this um, is – it's really um, – so the state can control when it starts some of these programs. It can kind of just, just control the urgency. But bigger things like how quickly can we build renewable energy, how quickly can we train our workforce for renewable energy, a lot of that is outside the state's control. Um, one of the issues that we get into in the story is that there are about a dozen counties in Illinois where it's very difficult to, to build wind energy. Uh, because of local restrictions. And that means that even if you have a law that just really kind of smooths this path toward building and creates a favorable financial uh, financial environment, um, you can't build if the county commissioners or if township officials are making it so that you so that they're going to be really, really hostile to projects. So it's a combination of basically a whole bunch of different entities at the state and local level needing to, if not work together, needing to be closer to on the same page. If, if this law 
is going to meet some of its long-term goals. Yeah. And Yami, the the DCEO seems to be emphasizing that it needs to hold these listening sessions with stakeholders. So how, how do you balance listening to the community with expediting getting these programs in place? Yeah, I mean, we definitely appreciate listening as a form of leadership. However, um, you know, folks are eager to participate, you know. So if you are interested in giving any feedback, the DCEO has the opportunity to do that available now. You can check that out on their website. However, you know, we need to get things moving along. We we got a lot of feedback from the Clean and Equitable Jobs Act um, from the lobbying process to get that piece of legislation passed. Yeah. Um, so we've heard a lot from communities already. What changes do you want to see then to the process that you think would help speed things up? You know, <laughs> I'd say we're cautiously optimistic. We've seen the CEOs start to you know, move in the direction that we'd like to see over the last six to eight weeks. Um, and so the sooner the better, in our opinion. Um, the, the sooner we can get things up and going, uh, the better. Some of the changes that we'd like to see are um, we'd like to see programs be more accessible. We'd like to see um, communities that have historically been left out of these conversations have the ability to participate in a more seamless and transparent way. Brett, there have also been um, delays in wind and solar developments. Can you quickly tell us what's the latest there? Um, actually, I defer to Dan on that one. But um, one thing I'd like to point out, too, is that what the, what the state said in their, their statement about a couple programs being up and running were actually left over from a, a previous Energy uh, Jobs Act, uh, which was known as FEJA. It was the you know sort of the first nuclear bailout. And that's also yeah. something we didn't really talk about is that both of these bills um, bailed out the um, aging nuclear plants in our, uh, in our state. I think I believe we have half a dozen of them. Um, um, but um, yeah, actually Dan is better at the, um, at explaining the, uh, uh, the delays in the, uh, in the wind and solar program. Yeah. Well, we're, we're almost out of time, Dan, but if you can just bring us up to speed on, on where that's at. So basically, um, some of the parts of Illinois that are best suited to wind energy because of strong winds mm-hmm. and lots of open space, you just can't build there because of local restrictions. Any word on if we might see more movement on these programs that we've been discussing in 2023, Brett? We should. I mean, yeah. I mean, I think they, you know, they, they get this. And I think it, it helps to, like, every, you know, know that everybody's, you know, watching this and, you know, are anxious. And, you know, the, I mean, the, the director of DCO said you know, she understood the frustration. So yeah. I, I think they're going to, you know, probably, you know, move forward on this. I, my question is like, will anybody, you know, be in a new career by the time we hit the two-year anniversary of, uh, of CJA? That's a good thought. Yeah. We'll leave it there. Brett Chase is a reporter for the Chicago Sun-Times, Dan Garino from Inside Climate News, and Yami Newell, Associate Director of Community Projects for the nonprofit Elevate Energy. Thank you all.